Welcome to CommanderCast, episode 483, your weekly source for community strategy and technology, hosted on our home site, CommanderCast.com. My name is Mark. And I'm Adam. Adam, it is uh, June as people are listening to this in their e-holes. And yes. that means summer, and that means sunshine and picnics. Yeah, yeah, basically. I mean, it's, you know... Definitely not 91 and raining every day in Florida here, and I just had my roof redone. Like, nope, no problem. Well, I mean, hey, man, you know, it could be worse. You know, the tree fell on my house a couple years ago. That does suck. So, That's true. You know. yeah. <laughs> on yeah. the we, are going, we are going into hurricane season, so. Oh, so you might get another new roof. There's got to be some bright spot about Florida in the summer, right? Like... I mean, like, the pool is ready to use. Like, I mean, I'm probably going to go swimming today. There we go, man. That's pretty good. I don't know. I mean, up up here you can't go swimming yet because it's still a little chilly. Probably, well, I mean, yeah. you could. I don't know if you really want to wear a wetsuit in your own pool, though. That seems... You're stretching yeah. out a little bit. I mean, right. when I lived up there, we had an above-ground pool. Uh, so we didn't even really, like, fill it until, <laughs> until <laughs> it got warm <laughs> enough to use, you know? Yeah. Uh, ladies and gents, you didn't come here to listen to our, our pool shenanigans. You came here to listen to the most ridiculous set ever with too many cards that, that boggles my mind. What are you talking um, about? There's just an elephant angel in this. I mean, I do. Listen, man, I I, I am appreciative of many things in this set. But That's I would, true. That's I would true. lie if I didn't have, I think, like, spoiler overload during certain points, like I had to, st- I literally the other day I'm looking through it and I'm like, all right, getting ready for the show, looking through some stuff. This is fun. I had to like stop and take a coffee break. I'm like, yep. all right, this is just too much. I got I so many things. Um, speaking of which, that's what the community segment is this week. We're going to complain about too many commanders again. I mean, I like me some commanders. I don't know if we need this many. This might right. be a, right. Again, well, like the interesting thing is that like, I wasn't particularly blown away by by most of the cards in the set like there are some good cards that we'll that we'll talk about over the the coming episodes um including today but there was there weren't a whole lot of cards that i was like oh that's amazing like that changes you know commander or does that like i was just like yeah okay this is fine uh there are some fun ones i mean i like sure. the fact that like all of a sudden people were making a run on sitting hierophants because of right. the dude who does the thing with the mana dorks. And I'm like, oh, that's interesting. You know? Right. But you're right. Yeah, like, nothing but... crazy, right? There's yeah. no, I don't know, there's no gold span dragons in here. There's right, no exactly. Like, huge... I, that, at least I didn't feel like it. And, and you know, the, the spoilers just finished up as of the recording of this episode. Like, what, yesterday? Yeah, like, just before Memorial Day weekend. Yep. Right, right. So, yeah. Like, you know, I have I have not had a chance to deep dive into every single card in the set. Well, I mean, it is the is the thing we complain about, like drinking from the fire hose, right? Right. So anyway, so if you want to hear complaints about that, and actually not even complaints, like we like these cards, it's just kind of a lot all at once. So mm-hmm. yeah. uh, that'll be community, and then in strategy again, so many goddamn cards uh, that we had to break down all the. Co- we couldn't even do all the commanders all at once. That's how many freaking commanders we got. That's a lot of commanders. So we're just going to do the monocolored ones. This week, we'll do uh, the multicolored ones. Next week, of course, we will. I think we're going to be camping out on Battle from Baldur's, for Baldur's Gate for a while here. Yeah. Um, and then in technology, we'll talk about mechanics. We love us some mechanics. Um, we do. Uh, 
I love some dice rolling. I don't know about adventures exactly. Or dungeons. Actually, I like adventures. I'm not sure I like dungeons. But whatever. We'll get there. Yeah. <sighs> and with that, ladies and gents, uh, keep up the conversation on the Facebook and the Twitter. Stick through a dumb interstitial, uh, which may be slightly spoilery, maybe. And then come back in community with lots of commanders. So many commanders. Alrighty, sir. What um big new I guess event TV show would you like to talk about first? Ah, uh, sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I can talk about either one in a non-spoilery fashion. So sure. Uh, why don't you give me your your uh, take on Stranger Things? Have you finished the whole thing yet? No, no. I watched I watched the first episode, and then honestly, I fell asleep last night during the second episode. Not that it was bad. It just like I was tired after yeah, the day. Adam sleepy. Um, so the first episode to me was pretty solid. It was a continuation of each one of the characters story arcs that you would expect. Um, nothing super out of the ordinary, uh, new strange things happening. Uh, and it was appropriately creepy. Like, I think it was, it, I think it had the right vibe. Like, it had the 80s stuff on lock as it usually does. It mm-hmm. had the kind of intrigue on lock. It had the nostalgia and like teen, you know, angsty stuff in there, as well as like had a legitimate, like, sci fi horror, like, piece in there that I was like, okay, yeah, I'm in, you know. Okay, all right. What else can you ask for the beginning of a season, right? Like, right. I mean, it, it, like the first episode was long though; it was like an hour and a half. Uh, all right, all right. But this is the weird one that they're doing. Like, what is it? Six episodes, and then they're taking a break, and then doing two long episodes. Is that? Oh, I actually don't know, but yeah, I mean, whatever it is, like, sure, yeah, you know, whatever. It's uh, yeah. I mean, I I was pretty happy with it. I did not like um. Season one was obviously very good. Season two was pretty good to me. Season three felt like it was jumping the shark a little bit. Uh, This one seems pretty tight. Like that first episode, like just based on that, I was like, okay, like they, they know what they're doing. Yeah. See, I think I would have done two and three different. Like season one, obviously, is the best season. Like Imperial, well, yeah, it's yeah. the best season. Um, and then season two fell down a little bit. I mean, it had the Sean Astin thing. I'm always here for for Sean Astin. Right, right. Um, and then, but that was like the highlight of the season for me. It wasn't there. Eh. And then season three, I thought was pretty good. It brought it back up. You're right. There was a little bit jumpy the Sharky. Like I don't know, spoilers. I didn't like the for... whole Billy character and story arc. He just annoyed me. Well, it's because he didn't really have an arc. Like well, yeah, in, in season two, he had no arc. There, there was no. He was a he was a douchebag in the beginning. It was a douchebag right. at the end. Like, right. There, there was like a slight redemption thing in season three, but he got what he was. He got what was coming what to was him. Coming so. To him. Yeah, yeah. So I'm like, yeah. okay, you're, you're yeah, it's fine. Um, you know, and it, it had like, I don't know, it raised the stakes sufficiently to me. So I'm like, all right. right. Um, and I like some of the new characters. So I think that was it. I mean the the Russians having secret lab under the mall in Indiana, eh, yeah, 
that might be a little jumpy the sharky. Yeah, yeah. You know, that might be a little jumpy the sharky. But, hey, what are you going to do? So I'm glad to hear at least the first episode is good. The wife and I have been, you know, trying to, to watch it. So, which is mostly, yeah. you know, we're old and we get sleepy too. So, it's, yeah. Happens. Sleep really is the enemy <laughs> in middle age. Sleep is the enemy of, of all the uh, the primetime um, TV shows. So, <sighs> mm, community? community this week folks uh adam yo how would you like to complain about too many commanders again <laughs> is it isn't it like akin to a humble brag like <laughs> like it's kind of like we're complaining about something that we shouldn't be complaining about kind of thing uh, but shouldn't mm, I, I mean because really like you know it's like when people are like you know i mean Mo money, mo problems. Like, yeah, okay, but there, there's also a cutoff there. Like, <laughs> you know, the, if I have two billion dollars, I'm, I'm okay with dealing with the problem. You're in. trying to say, I think it's kind of like, I think money and commanders have like an uncanny valley. You know how like right. you're, you're really close to realistic, but then you're not, and you're like, oh god, kill it with fire. You know, like right. there's, I think there's like a sweet spot for. To, like the commanders, it's like the sweet spot in the bat, right? To make a, a weird baseball metaphor, you know? Oh yeah, you have to hit it just right. And these these ones, I don't know. Whatever that sweet spot is in 2021, probably wasn't 192 different commanders. I don't think that's the sweet <laughs> spot. No, that's no. a lot. That might be you may be covering a lot of bases. And then also in 2022, so far, and it's just May, 154. Yeah. I think, I mean, obviously that is impacted by the number of commander sets because they do go heavier in commander sets, which makes perfect sense why you would. I think the part that that still drives me the most nuts is that, like, there's, there's a lot of things that aren't special. Like, originally, like, when commanders first came out or when legendary creatures first came out, right, um... They were story points. And so, okay, fine. You know, like if you, if you don't like, you know, flavor, you know, or, or like the mechanic around like there could only be one legendary on the board, you know, mm -hmm. originally and things like that. Like I get that, you know. But even as we got into the Weatherlight Saga, like the legendary creatures were really only there when they were notable characters that were going to show up in books and things like that, you know. Um, and I know that now that we're dipping our toes into D and D there are a billion of those characters. So like, I guess they are kind of notable, but you know, even in the internet, like in, in between those two things, like legendary creatures typically had like, you know, notable and interesting, um, mechanics. Like there was, there was a reason for them to be legendary, you know? And I feel like with the onset of more uncommon commanders and more, um, just commanders being printed in general there's just a lot more sameness and they don't feel as special which is a silly argument but but still a true argument you know yeah i mean you know it, when you're talking about the aesthetics of a game like the feel matters you know? right and we're also talking about all the weird secret layer stuff so you know blanca's in here at all from <laughs> right right <laughs> so like yeah okay named characters you get 
fun, you know, they get a little funny. Even though I did yeah. like all the Street Fighter characters. Well, most of the Street Fighter characters. But, you know, if you look at this, uh, you know, even 2020 had 191 characters, right? And that was when right. OG Commander Legends came out. Yeah. We're definitely on track to go past that. I mean, 2021 had 192. So I, I think we're just, what, maybe there's a, some mandate that we we will have around 200 legendary creatures. Because we're going to Dominaria this year, too. What are the odds we're not going to have over 200? I would guess that we're going to have, like, 225. Ooh. What do I want to think? I don't know if I would because take we over have, or under on We that. have, what, two more major releases? Wait, no. We have... We have the uh, Warhammer 40k thing, right? There's got to be a lot in that. Where there's got there's going to be a decent amount there. We have Dominaria. We have what Dominaria like Commander decks. I'm assuming so you, you're getting get at least a dozen from that. Is Brothers War Dominaria or are those two different sets? Those I don't. I think they're two different sets. I don't. I honestly can't tell anymore i think dominaria what is it dominaria united i think and then the brothers war is a different thing okay so yeah and obviously brothers war we're gonna get a bunch of legendaries too right we just right. know two of them so so yeah i mean like i i think we're easily gonna get to like the 220s this year which i think is i, I mean to me it's too much from a mechanical standpoint and from a from a non-story standpoint if i look at what all these sets are like Again, Warhammer 40k, two D and D sets, and uh, Brothers War. Like, okay, I get it. Like, there's there are legitimately a lot of story characters. Yeah. Do we need you know? all of them though? Well, because you it... know, uh, the answer when you're trying to make profits of do we need more of something <laughs> is going to be yes. Yeah. Never mind. I forgot about quarter yeah. over quarter profits. So right. Me... Keep we keep putting them on there. I enjoy having a let's say a wide variety of choices, right? I don't want to have yeah. to play commanders for the colors. I don't also don't want to repeat ourselves from what we said last time here. But like, yeah, the drinking out of the fire hose thing gets a little old sometimes. So it does. I mean, I think I think that that's the the real like the the real issue for me. You know, like because I think it even gets to a point where. So I, I feel like around five years ago, building a commander deck, just building a deck, started to feel daunting because of the sheer number of cards that were out there. Like just the, the card selection, you're narrowing to 100 cards for a deck. I feel like it's getting even more daunting now uh because just picking your commander is becoming that daunting. Well it's weird too, because like I don't know, this one especially, I get why it's Dungeons and Dragons, so I get why there's a focus on dragons. But say you wanted to do dragon commander deck, you've got a lot of choices now. Yeah. Like literally what flavor of dragon deck do you want to do? It's worse than elves, right? I mean there's, right. there's probably more legendary dragons at this point than there are legendary elves for God's sakes. There's there's a whole lot of them. I mean, we yeah. got one in every color plus multicolors this time around. So, I mean, Yeah. Okay. Uh now when when you get into I guess decision paralysis, like analysis paralysis for deck building, right. like you've gone a little bit too far. But I don't think there's any pulling back on it. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
So, like, are we in, like, the nightmare death spiral where, like, next year, 365 commanders, one for every day? I think so. I mean, I, th- I think we're I think we in the nightmare death spiral of of a great deal of things. And, I mean, not to, not to be, like, dramatic about it, but I, I think that that's just where where society is right now with with a lot of things just like it was kind of in the 90s like i feel like it's repeating itself a little bit you know like we had the comic boom then i think that the marvel cinematic universe thing is is getting kind of shark jumpy i think that like magic is getting kind of there. like i think a lot of things are getting to that like oversaturation doubling down of everything kind of thing i guess it's a good thing that our next interstitial is about obi-wan then <laughs> yes yeah. absolutely okay. there's no correlation whatsoever no no ah all right ladies and gents i don't know that we added anything to this we just put numbers out there that kind of depressed me but that's all right that's you know it is what it is uh if you guys yeah. are super excited for the vast variety of new commanders we are bound to get this year um i i would say 220 sadly seems almost low based on all the, the wow wow yeah I mean, we'll not, see we'll I, see what i should just put my money where my mouth is i'm gonna say like 240 i'm gonna all say right. 240 so that is yep. i mean that would be a real high number 220 is already a real high number but, it is you're I mean, not wrong if we're at 154 in may and we've still got dominaria um warhammer and brothers war this year like, yeah yeah. Plus commander sets for most of them. Like, dog. Uh, anyway, ladies and gents, one thing you will not lack for in 2021. Boy, there might be supply chain issues, but not when it comes to commanders. So, <sighs> and with that, folks, uh, stick with us through a dumb interstitial, and uh, we will come back in strategy and talk about at least half of the new commanders because we cannot possibly fit all of them into one episode. This yeah. is the nightmare hell that we live in. Yeah. Well, sir, uh, you know, we alluded to it already. What thought you about them Obi-Wans? Okay, so I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try to be very honest about it. So I thought, I thought that the overall story, where it was going, mm-hmm. was fine. I was okay with, with plot. I thought that Ewan McGregor was playing the part that we're familiar with. I think he, he, did, he did a good job. I think that everything else was kind of bad. Do you know what I was thinking last night after I finished episode one? Uh, because I didn't get to episode two. Sure. So I think every time I watch another piece of Star Wars media, mm-hmm. a little bit more of my childhood dies. Yeah, I felt, I, I, I will be honest, like, I felt that more with like the Mandalorian and things like that. Like I, I felt like it was more of the pastiche and less, of, less of the, you know, plot that kind of pulls everything together. I did like this from that perspective that said, um, some of the acting was so atrocious and some of the casting was so bad that I don't know. Like it was like laughably bad. It was, 
You're I mean, just... okay, so so like this is I'm not giving anything away by the. But I don't like, know. We, uh, we should do like a spoiler wall at this point because there is one particular moment which I don't think is that spoilery that I definitely want to complain about. I would say bad acting was whoever they got for that like the Jedi on the run. You know the one that she was. Oh yeah, yeah. He like was bad. that guy. Like, oh man, that dude was bad. Like, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Like, it gets well. Okay. Like just laughably bad. Like so bad. So I don't remember where the first episode leaves off. It leaves off right with him getting on the ship, like going to. Oh, I'm gonna go. All right. I'm. I know I sat there and watched the Jedi die, but all right now that Bail Organa came and guilt tripped me, I guess I'll. Go. Okay. Okay. So so I I will say like Jimmy. Sm- Schmidt did a fine job. I mean, yeah, he was fine. You yeah. know, I, I liked his his wife with the queen. I forgot her. Queen yeah. Organa, whatever. Yeah, she was fine too. Yeah. yeah. Um, the kid is horrible. Kid's not good. No, kid, kid's real bad. Yep, kid not good. Um, I even see what they're trying to get at with the kid. Uh, with like her insight. Yeah, I, I, I'm um, getting it too. It, it does not play at all. Yeah, like, listen, man, I'm picking up what they're putting down. I'm just saying it ain't good. And like, yeah, I mean, we just talked about Stranger Things, which is like best in class. Between that and like, you know, I'm just coming off of Reservation Dogs, best in class for like kid yeah. actors. Like so good, right? Like totally believable, 100% on screen with them. Want to see them do cool things. Like awesome job. Oh my God. Yeah. And yeah. then... Oh, man. I mean, the best part about Obi-Wan to me is just what I said here was a flea cameo. I'm like, oh, nice. And then literally in the, the scene afterwards, like the part where the, the bounty hunters, I guess, or whoever the people who were trying to abduct Leia, like one of them mm-hmm. gets stopped by a twig in the face, like a twig. Oh, And then yeah. he just No, sidest- that was hilarious. And then okay. sidesteps it in the next scene. I'm like, what are you doing? This well, wouldn't stop a even- bird. Okay. It was. <laughs> They're like, that, so that bad. Was, that was actively the worst part. And the other one just I, like I tripped agree. over dirt. And I'm like, because what is going on when here? When he got hit with the twig in the face, the funny <laughs> part about it was like, she's running at half the speed. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. She ducks under the twig. He sees this 10, 20 feet ahead of him. Yep. And just goes face plants and right And runs now. and clotheslines himself. Yeah. And it's a twig, right? Like, Forward momentum. No, I mean, it was it was like you know two inches thick. I mean, like it, you know, you would have gone you through yourself, that. Come if on. you hit yourself on that full force, it would do that to you. That said, eh. no one would do that. It's, eh. I, I don't know, man. Like that thing was a little that thing was a little leafy. Like I think probably just would have gone through it. You know. And anyway, like God, there were so many things I disliked about that episode. I'm just like, yeah. They, oh, I don't know. And like yeah, like, the quality like said, of there acting. Were, there were parts that I did like. Like there, there, there honestly were. There were parts that I did like, and most of them were the kind of Ewan McGregor solitude, like you know, showing what he's doing, the sure. world building, the visual world building, not telling me stuff like this is what he's doing right now. Yeah, I'm good with this that. This is like pieces of Tatooine that you haven't seen before, and things like like that stuff was all good. Um, but there's too much of it. Like, do we need that much? No. Do we need oh, like no. I mean, 45 I, like, minutes I, I of I agree that? with you. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. No. Yeah. I don't I don't know. Somewhere along the way, they have just lost all editors. And they're just yeah. like, really? You couldn't do this in like, I don't know, 20 seconds into 20 minutes? Like, come on. Like, what are we accomplishing will, with this scene? I will say, one of the, one of the things that I think, and, and this is true, you know, I obviously read a lot of comics too, but like, that I have found seems to be lacking in 
creative in creative works in visual media is the fact that they're visual media like like in comics and in in tv it seems like writers don't know how to write when there's not dialogue Mm. well it's funny because i mean people used to get on george lucas for his wooden dialogue and he did have some wooden ass dialogue yeah sure absolutely right but like yo lucas sold that company like years ago like why are we did you like hire him back just to do the dialogue like what are we doing you know, like we didn't learn from these things. There right. aren't competent storytellers that you could just give this to. Well, my um, point is you don't need dialogue. Like sometimes like you, it's a visual medium. Like show what you show it. Don't tell it. <sighs> like a writer should know that. Like you can write pages of script that are actors doing things and not saying anything. I don't know if you can do that in Star Wars. I mean, I don't you should you be. Can, I don't know if you can do that anymore. I just, I don't know. So, like, I mean, I was just reading. Like, like my wife was like checking out a couple of uh, comics. Like, like she was like, oh, okay, like you know, let let me read like these four horror comic books and see if any of them strike me. You know, because that seems to be what she likes. You know, and um, the one with the least dialogue in it was the one that she wanted to continue reading. Sure. Because it just built the world and showed you what was happening around you. Well, I mean, come on, man. Akira is amazing. And the, the good parts of Akira are not the dialogue. Well, that's true. The dialogue <laughs> is actually, I mean, I don't know if it's localization or what, but the, the dialogue is pretty bad in some places. Yeah. And like it, at most serviceable in most other places, like the place, right. you know, the way, the thing you go to Akira for is the amazing artwork, right? And the panels are just move and the sense of speed and like all kinds oh, of really cool yeah, stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. Like, and he conveys the story visually. Yeah. Um, you actually could probably take the dialogue out for the most part. There's a little bit of like a lot of the characters look the same that, that that'll throw you off, but sure. I mean, you know, it still is, you know, pen, pen and ink right so right right yeah, yeah. but but yeah i mean for the most part like you can read that thing by just looking at panels right yeah. and you should be able to do that with most movies and comics and tv and if you can't then it's poorly written that's so weird Alrighty. well hopefully i don't know maybe it'll get better i couldn't bring myself to watch episode two yet but i will i will oh, force I'll myself watch the rest it. of it i, I mean, will watch the rest whether I want to or not. Episode two was a lot of the same, being honest. Like, I mean, it was, it was That's great. everything Thanks. that I thought of episode one, episode two was a, a complete continuation of that. And that's it. That's great. Okay. So it doesn't get better. It gets, it gets the same. Gotcha. <laughs> All right. Sorry. So no, that's fine. Just, you know, I like, you know, I I'd like to know what I'm in for and that's, that's just what I'm in for. So, okay. Yep. then. Uh well with that ladies and gents uh let us move on to strategy and let's move off from the depressing realization that maybe one of my favorite childhood franchises was actually never as good as I thought it was um whatever you know oh no the three movies that came out when you were a child were great well now I keep thinking about Ewoks I'm like mm. uh, okay all right at least two of the <laughs> two thirds of it was solid yeah like, you, okay how I would go like at least eighty percent like you could you could. You yeah, take out the yeah there, there's a lot that was that was good there like yeah. i can still watch a new hope and it's a great movie i can still watch empire and it's empire still movie. empire still good yeah i don't know <sighs> strategy
in strategy this week, ladies and gents. All, all right. of the cards. <laughs> Half of all of the cards. Because we and can't. it still feels like all of the cards. <laughs> I can't do all of the cards. There's so many goddamn cards. So, so many, many cards. <laughs> oh, So in so many of the cards this week, uh, we are going to do just the monocolored new commanders. Because, mm-hmm. holy lord, there are a lot. There are 28 just monocolored commanders. And then next week... We will do the other half, so the 30-something multicolored ones. Yeah. So, um, we're not going to talk about backgrounds yet, because we're going to get to that technology, even though literally the first one is a background and a creature. And I believe every other card te- says choose a background on it. Not not exaggerating. I think they all say choose a background. Oh, good Lord. I think they do. So, All right. So just know that like we're going to get there. We'll talk, to, we'll talk about backgrounds, but... Yeah, <laughs> mechanically we won't get into it in this segment. Holy, holy goodness! So anyway, all right, let's kick this sucker off with uh, I don't know a new colorless commander with no heads, yeah. colorless yeah. and faceless and headless and yeah. less. I wasn't expecting the no heads Useless? in the art. Huh? It's true. I wasn't expecting the no heads just because you have no face. Like I feel like you could have a head without a face. Mm. Maybe I don't know. Is this a place where I should insert like eyes without a face? I was I just thinking the exact same thing. <laughs> no. So two of us got that reference and the rest of everyone else is just admiring our age. So Yeah, that's a bad song. <laughs> it, is, it is a really bad song that I like though. Okay. Uh Faceless One is five Carlos Mana. It is a legendary enchantment creature background. Sure. <laughs> Uh, it's a 3-3. Three, three. If Faceless One is your commander, choose a color before the game begins. Faceless One is the chosen color. And then choose a background. Again, every single one of these has choose a background. We'll talk about that in the next segment. Yeah, so exactly. Just, just know yeah, that. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, we'll probably mention it, but we're not going to get into it. Um, so, the the honestly, the, the most interesting thing to me about this card is that it says choose a color. So, it does force itself into being a monocolor commander. Yeah, but it's a monocolored commander that, like, you're not going to put this in, like, the Abdul Adrian deck, right? You're going you're gonna to pair this with someone else and make it a different color so you can have, you know, Azorius within a mono-white commander, right? Like, that's the move. Yeah. So yeah, it's, okay. It's always going to be some other color just so you could expand the colors in your deck, right? Well, technically, because you get to pair it, again, we're, like... Like dancing all around the background thing, because you get to pair it with itself. You could technically have. Can you have two different faceless ones as your commander? No. Oh fuck. Because it's still singleton. Yeah. So you can't do that. Oh, I was gonna say like like at first it almost feels like build your own two color deck. Well, could you have could you have like whatever the other one was from Commander Legends, like prismatic something or other, oh, and faceless yeah, one, and now yeah. you're just like, look, I have generic the deck. You're like the an old friend of mine from high school who majored in general studies. And got a right, BA in general right. studies. Like that's there we go. Your general studies deck. Anyway, I I think that this is the. It exists only because, you're drafting a commander deck, and so if you literally get nothing, because this is at common too. If yeah. you literally get nothing, you can always lean on this. That's great. So from that perspective only. I get it. I, I really do. Like, okay, you put it at common. This is a draft only card. Get it the hell out of here. Nobody else cares. Yeah, you literally just call this draft fodder the the commander. 
It is. I mean, it it, is. I, I think that's ex exactly what it is. Okay, draft out of the commander. Which is what you're going to see with a lot of the uncommon ones that we talk about, too. Like, they're in there because this is a draft set. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. You know, and, and you have to have enough. I mean, I think that kind of feeds the conversation from earlier. Like, that's kind of why there's so many commanders in this, in this set. <sighs> All right, well, let's talk about some of those other commanders then. Oof. All right, so... Next one is Abdel Adrian Gorian's Ward. Whoa. That sounds like a disease. That just that is like the opposite of rolling off your tongue. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's four and a white for a four-four human warrior. When Abdel Adrian Gorian's ward enters the battlefield, exile any number of non-land permanents you control until Abdel Adrian leaves the battlefield. Create a 1-1 one, one white soldier creature token for each permanent exiled this way and choose a background. So, okay. Exile any that you control. Okay, so you can like exile your entire board and replace them with 1-1 one, one soldier tokens. Yeah. But then if he leaves the battlefield, oh, the soldiers stay. Yep. But you so get all your stuff part. back. Oh, that's kind of interesting. It's not bad. So you get some blinky. Right, right. You blink him, and you can, and then you can blink all your other stuff, and build an army at the same time. That's, that's... Yeah, he's not bad. I can't. Yeah. He costs five. Is the real is the real problem? That is here. that is the issue, right? Yeah, yeah, but he's uncommon, so like that's kind of powerful for an uncommon effect. Yeah. So I guess I that's why. I would put it in. I would put it in the ninety nine of a blink deck. I don't think this will ever see play as a commander other than a draft deck. Yeah, I think that'd be hard. So yeah. Uh, next one. Ellen Harbreeze, busybody. Busy I, <laughs> I love that they had to put busybody in the like, <laughs> like that's a title. <laughs> it is. Well, you know, it's unofficial. So right, yeah. uh, three colorless and a white. She's a human peasant. Uh, you, she's a two-four, and you can tap her to look at the top X cards of your library, where X is the number of tokens you created this turn. Put one of those cards into your hand, and the rest on the bottom of your library in in a random order. Ooh. I mean, scry draw a card in a in in white though in white that's pretty good yeah that's not bad right i guess i were... mean it again it costs four it costs four for a two four with an okay-ish ability that only works in token decks like meh. yeah but now we've got so many treasury things and it's true it's you know true. so i think you probably like I mean, if anything, we didn't even talk about like token explosion. There's, there's like token inflation going on. Here. Right, right. Um, so I think you probably got enough. Even if you what, like two or three, you tap, you tap this busybody, right? And she's got two or three on the top, like word, whatever. And then you put one of them to your hand. That's not bad. That's card draw and white. Yeah, it's. I mean, it's it's very medium card draw and white. But I think that it it will probably see some play because it's card drawn because it's just straightforward. Like yeah, as long as you made a token, you are drawing a card. End of story. Yeah, and a little bit of scry. Um, is there enough like untap? Like, do you think that's worth like putting some untap effects in here just to get that more than once? Yeah, potentially. I mean, yeah. they don't even go in your graveyard. They go in the bottom of your library, so it's not like you're losing anything. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Th this might it, it might need some brewing to really be a thing, but I don't think it's a bad card. So Ellen Harbury's need a little more time in the oven before we can fully. Yeah, decide. I think so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, good luck pronouncing the next one. So. Yeah, uh, Lazel 
Vlacketh's champion. Okay. Look, I did my best. <laughs> well, I mean, you didn't enunciate the comma in there. Lazel Vagus champion. Vlacketh's champion. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, is two and a white for a 3 3 legendary creature, Gith Warrior. Um, so not too many Gith in magic because there's it's a D&D thing, but you know, yeah. uh, if you would put one or more counters on a creature or planeswalker you control or on yourself, put that many plus one of each of those kinds of counters on that permanent or player instead. Uh, this will be a very popular and probably very expensive card. Ooh, yeah. I mean, I like the art a lot, too, so that's cool. Um, yeah, it's a cool-looking card. I mean, it's three mana for a 3-3 three, three with a very relevant ability. Uh, not too expensive right now in the $5 range. Yeah, I think that's that's pretty solid. I mean, this for 5 bucks, I don't think I would feel terrible about it if I was going for, like, countersmatter.deck. Right? No, I, th- I think absolutely. Like, th- this is one that if if you're thinking of those decks and you, you play stuff like that, th- I would suggest picking this up. Yeah seems good yeah next one not just seems good i don't know this gives me the warm feels i know i'm falling for the marketing here yeah but exactly. i'm just you know i don't know i can't i can't not it's a holophant lulu loyal holophant it's a three colorless and one white three two flying elephant angel uh, at the beginning of your end step, if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn put a plus one plus one counter on each tapped creature you control and then untap them if a permanent you control left the battlefield this turn. So if you flicker one thing. You don't even have to, man. What if you just use a treasure token? Uh, that's a good point. Yeah. yeah. You know? On each tapped creature you control. It basically gives everything pseudo-vigilance and buffs them. Like, it's not a bad card. I don't, bad I don't card. know where it goes is my biggest problem. I mean, I think it probably just goes... Weirdly, I, I don't know if it goes in the angel deck because angels usually have vigilance. So, like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Sure. Right. So that literally does nothing. Maybe um, just the flyers matters deck, like just the flyers deck. Uh, I don't know though. Yeah. I I think it might be a good one to put in the lazy old right. Like if you're doing the counters and you want more sure. counters, you know, if you're doing counters matter, I, you know, or I guess if you need to untap your dudes, what if you just had a lot of mana dorks, right? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I like I like this card. Again, I, I think that this one is actually like a creative enough ability, but also not super strong. So I think like the uncommon makes sense here. Like, Well, it's a 99, right? Like I think all of the ones, oh, yeah, all of the uncommons yeah. we've talked about so far are 99 cards. Like they're not, yeah. they're not even like, this ain't even going in the, you're not even putting this in the second in the command zone. So No, no. Um, next one, Rasad in Bashir. Yeah, that's, that's pretty close. Uh, two Carlos and a white. Uh, it's a human monk, zero three. Each creature you control assigns combat damage equal to its toughness rather than its power. And whenever Rashad in Basir attacks, if you have the initiative, which I still don't know what that is, uh, double the toughness of each creature you control until end of turn. Yeah. Listen, man, I have the Big Butts Matter deck, and I like Big Butts. So I cannot lie, I will be putting this guy in that deck. Hundred so. percent. I think I think that's exactly it. like for all of the Dorans and other you know big butts decks. Uh, this is another backup commander. I think it will probably make it into all of those. 
I mean, not only just that, I mean, not only that, like, each creature you control assigns, like, the butt damage clause, right? And, right. At the top. Th- that's rare enough, but, like, the double power? Well, but that's only if you build initiative into that deck, too. Son of a... I don't know what initiative is. <laughs> I know. I know. We'll get there. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. But, but it's a possibility to double the butt. It is a possibility to double the butt. Otherwise, it's really... It's just another backup commander. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I was running... Um. Oh, God. What was... Uh, what was the Planeswalker that did that? It was out of War of the Spark. It was um, Watley. There was a Watley that did that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which didn't really fit in there, but also had that clause, so I was running that. So I'm just going to yeah. – I would just make the swap because this is nice and splashable too, like two colorless and a white. Yeah, it's a good, absolutely. It's a good spot for it. It's uh, basically like three mana for a 3-3, three, three, you know, like – Yeah, sure. right? Yeah, sure. Next one. Uh, next one is Alora Merry Thief. It's a 3-2 Halfling Rogue for two and a blue. Uh, it has, whenever you attack, up to one target attacking creature can't be blocked this turn. Uh, return that creature to its owner's hand at the beginning of the next end step. So, ninja's deck? Right. Okay. It just goes in the ninja's deck? Or, I mean, if you wanted to get really saucy about it, like, you play this in, like, the uh, ball lightning deck? <laughs> <laughs> it's great ball lightning and blue get there yeah eh, uh, i'm sure it's got a place i would even struggle to put this like i have the dumb demir rogues deck you know like yeah and i'm like eh, do i want this in there i don't know mm. but yeah ninjas kind of make sense but i mean at the same time you're still gonna have to recast things like yep so it really only makes sense if you so it makes sense in like a uh, is it deck that you're mate that you are doing ninjas, but with like the lightning tokens or something like that. Ooh, see, I was gonna go the other way. I think it makes more sense in a simic deck where you get the all those enchantments for you know every time you cast a creature with four power or greater or something. Uh huh. And like it's simic, so you're gonna have bajillion mana anyway. So you don't really. Yeah, care I, I think it's just more mana intensive doing that. Like, like I think yeah, but it's simic. having. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think having something that like gives you passive, like you know, you're always getting tokens that have haste anyway, mm-hmm. so that you're so that you just replace them with the ninja and then bounce the ninja back to your hand. So you're really like. Yeah, you're having to redo things, but it's it's kind of at a lesser rate or something. Like I don't know. Um, and then you probably throw in uh, intruder alarm in there somehow. Yeah, I was thinking, is there like a commander with a really awesome ETB that you would just keep wanting to reuse like this? Right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure. I'm that not there thinking are. of one, yeah. but yeah, I don't know. Not terrible, right? Like I, this is like the spot for the uncommon effect, right? Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Ninety nine. Next one, Gale, Waterdeep Prodigy. Two colorless and a blue. Human Wizard. 1-3. Whenever you cast an instant or sorcery spell from your hand, you may cast up to one target card of the other type from your graveyard. If a spell cast from your graveyard this way will be put into your graveyard, exile it instead. So whenever you cast... So you cast an instant, you can cast a sorcery from your graveyard. Cast a sorcery from your hand, you can cast an instant from your graveyard. Right. I... Like, this is interesting that I'm not interested in it at all. Well, the problem to me, I think just reading this would be, like, it's not until end of turn you can cast it, so you have to cast it, like, right away, right? 
is am I reading this correctly? Like when you cast that, then you have to then pay the mana and cast the other thing. Because uh, whenever you cast yes, it, yes, I guess, which you, means that the timing gets weird. Yeah. So, because then, like, if you cast an instant from your hand on somebody else's turn, could you cast the sorcery? Like, yes, I guess, because it says you may cast up to one type, right? Right. Does it still have to have timing restriction? Oh man. <laughs> Why are you so hard, game? Why? I mean, I also, like, I still don't care. Yeah. That's, that's right. the other thing behind it is, like, like even through all that, I'm like, yeah, okay, whatever. I feel like Cass is just waiting on the other side being like, yep, I'm here. And he's right. just like, yep. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm still right here, guys. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, next one. Next one is Imoen. Imoen. Right? That's a name. Imowin. Yeah, that's like a real name. I think it's a real name. Yeah. Is it? Well, it's more of a real name than... Uh, I don't know. Well, I was going to say more than Lulu, but like I know a Lulu. Never mind. Lazale. It's more of a real name than Lazale. Okay. Well, go for it. Imowin. Yeah. <laughs> Imowin. Uh, Mystic Mystic Trickster. Really? Jesus, Tri- trickster words. was the I word. Can't even, I can't even get through that. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's a 2-3 legendary creature, human rogue wizard, for two and a blue it has ward two and at the beginning of your end step if you have initiative draw a card draw another card if you've completed a dungeon so everyone Ooh. who is really interested in their D being like thoroughly like if you're that person who when you make chocolate milk you use half the chocolate syrup added to your milk mm-hmm. um and you want that kind of ratio of D and D in your magic? This is the right commander for you. Yeah, like the type of person who has like a little bit of coffee with their sugar. Right. Exactly. Yeah. This, yeah. That's that's this card because like, it's like, oh yeah, you get bonus for having initiative. Oh, that's kind of cool, but also for dungeons. <laughs> okay. All right. We get it. Man, we I get it. I know. I don't want to shit on the dungeon deck because that's a fun. That's a fun dumb deck. But again, you're the problem with the dungeon deck is you're you're busy filling out the dungeons while everyone else is winning the game. So well, that's... I mean, I would shit on the dungeon deck more if it weren't for this set. Like, yeah, this set I'm this sure is set, bringing some stuff for dungeons. This set added quite a bit to the whole dungeon thing, and I think it. I think that all of the things I said about it being completely not viable, I think changed a good amount with this set. Um, I think that this card is probably very good in the 99 of that deck and only there. I would never play it outside of that. Did we get new dungeons? Uh, we got one new dungeon, Tight which dungeon. we will get to because oh, uh, Undercity. A, a initiative plays into it. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I like the Undercity, but only because of the Underdark. So, right. I don't know. And I only yeah. like that because of video games. Right. So uh... I think I think you uh <laughs> you represent a lot of people in that. Yeah. Like, oh, I've heard of that. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh next one, Renari, Merchant of Marvels. Three colorless and a blue, a dragon artificer. Two four. You may cast dragon spells and artifact spells as though they had flash. I care about half of that sentence. Um, yeah. Yeah. I that's exactly what I was thinking. I was like, Oh, so they're trying to make dragons. In blue, it looked like blue and green was kind of dragon leaning in the set. I think like dragon everything, man. Like well, they, dragon, they dragon, 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 dragon. Yeah, but I think that there are a few commanders that lean toward uh, simic dragons. 
But there's a uh, they, there's a couple red dragons too that are really cool. Yeah, so, that's true. I, I don't know, man. I think but, dragons the, all over the place. Right, but the four mana for artifact spells have flash. Like this will see play just based on that. You think so? I mean, there's yeah, other ways I mean, to get. I mean, there are. I mean, but what? It's like Shimmer Mirror. Yeah, Shimmer Mirror is three. Shimmer Mirror is three, but it's another Shimmer Mirror, and Shimmer Mirror is very good. I mean, I guess, man. Yeah, I don't know. In that deck, like, I, would... I, I think this will see play. Yeah, I don't think it'll see a lot of play, and I don't think it'll go over like a dollar. But you know, I mean, look, even in my is it deck that runs Shimmer Mirror and has a non-zero number of dragons, mm, I don't know. Really? Yeah. I, mean, right. I don't know if I really, I don't know if I really need it, but eh, okay. just to me. Uh, next one, Vol Candlekeep Researcher. Can I just say I love the name Candlekeep? Mm, just yeah, for the name of like one. this is where wizards go and learn stuff I'm like touche i like that. yeah yeah nice nice alliteration yeah i like that in there anyway um it's a human wizard shocker two three with vigilance you can tap it to add an amount of wingdings equal to vol candle keep researchers toughness uh this mana can't be spent to cast spells from your hand that's right. the artifact commander that i like better artifact commander yeah why not wingdings and pay whatever the the activated ability of artifacts is because you can't use that man to cast spells oh i wasn't thinking activated abilities i think that this is one of those commanders that continues to that will continue to grow over time too because it's not just that like you can use this for let's say you're in an is it deck and you have a lot of impulse draw Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, those are all cards that are exiled, so you can cast those. Oh, that's a good one. Uh, right. You can cast stuff from your graveyard, so any of your flashback stuff. You can use it for activated abilities, like you just said. Like, there's a lot of different. You can use it for upkeeps if you want to go real old school. Well, yeah, and it's like three mana, man. Like, right. I mean, yeah, that's 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 a decent amount, and it has vigilance, so you can, you know, you could theoretically attack with it and still use that ability, like. I like this card quite a bit. I, I don't think that it's like amazing. It's clearly a in the ninety nine card, but mm-hmm. like it is. I, I I like the design space for sure. For sure, I like the design space on this one quite a bit too. I think yeah. it's neat. Yeah. Uh, next one. Next one is a Volo. This is a second Volo, right? It is. Yeah, a Volo itinerant scholar. It is two and a blue for a two three legendary creature, human wizard. When Volo enters the battlefield, create Volo's Journal, a legendary, a legendary colorless artifact token with hexproof. And whenever you cast a creature spell, note one of its creature types that hasn't been noted for this artifact. Okay? Does everybody get how the first part works? <laughs> sure, I might have to take some notes, but go ahead. Right. Uh, you actually do. It's part of the card. <laughs> Yes. Uh, and then its second ability is pay two and tap it. Draw a card for each creature type noted for the tar- for target permanent you control named Volo's Journal. Okay. Oh, wow. Um, so they have a hard-to-get-rid-of artifact that comes into play with him. Mm-hmm. And then it basically rewards you for playing things with various creature types. Yeah. Uh, and you can draw lots of cards off of it. I kind of like it. I mean, it's it's a pretty strong ability. It is. I think the problem is that like Volo goes in Volo. 
So yes, like yeah, and I mean you can you can groan at this if you want, but Volo's no longer rolling solo. So oh wow wow <laughs> I mean <laughs> I don't know how long you thought of that, but it's it's bad. It's bad. It's nice. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I don't know. Like again, I think he's good in the ninety nine. It's weird that he's mythic to me. Like this is a mythic. It is, that is a strange mythic one. Yeah, I I agree with you. I think that this I think it solidly falls into rare for me. Yeah, this is a solid rare ability to me because yeah. it's weird and it's neat and like that's a good spot for rare. But like mythics, you only got so many of them. Anyway. Yeah, and it's not that powerful. I mean, yeah, it draw it can draw a decent number of cards. It but can, like, but like we're not going crazy on this thing, right? Unless right. maybe you're doing the Volo thing. So, but right, I guess yeah. in one specific deck, you might get some real use out of this right all right next one we're into black uh yeah. safana calumport cutthroat i think that's close uh two colorless yeah. and a black human rogue with menace it's got three two at the beginning of your end step if you have the initiative again thing i still don't understand create yeah. a treasure token create three of those tokens instead if you completed a dungeon and i was like so ex- almost excited about this card and then that the, that one happened so <laughs> yeah yeah i mean maybe yeah. i don't know the dungeon deck maybe, is weirdly maybe. mana intensive yeah i mean so. I, I think again like just like we said with the other card like this is going to be just like with it, now i can't now i really can't say it imowen 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 yeah yeah imowen and safana both go in the exact same deck and yeah. you're happy to have both they go in the Esper, whatever that name of that commander was. The, right, correct. The dungeon yeah, deck. exactly. Yeah, they go and, in that and, deck. And you're going to be happy having them. Yeah, and you're just like, That's oh it. my God, it's another thing that does a thing with dungeons. Thank God. Right, but they don't really go anywhere else. That's no, they it. don't. No. So, yeah. Whatever. You're locked and in. And they'll probably play all right with draft because there are a lot of dungeon and initiative cards in the draft set. But like, if you're if you're talking about constructed, these these two both go in the exact same deck. Yeah. I think like dungeon decks are like the curling of magic you're just like you're off to the side you're the guys with the brooms you know you've got one thing you do there's a there's probably a fan base for just that thing but it doesn't really fit with everybody else you know there it is that's that's where i got it next one sir uh next one is saravok Deathbringer. it's pretty metal is, yeah i know uh three and a black for a legendary creature human knight that's a three four at the beginning of each player's end step, if no permanence left the battlefield this turn, that player loses X life where X is Saravox power. Mm. That's not bad. It isn't bad. I, I feel like this goes at the end of each player's end step. Okay, so, so this goes in like a group slug deck. Yes. Right? Like, because it's hitting everybody every turn. You could easily, like, sacrifice something on your turn. Like, even if you cast, like, Merciless Executioner, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. make everybody sack stuff, they're not going to get dinged uh, during your turn, but they may during all of their turns if they don't sacrifice anything. Yeah, maybe. It's, it's interesting. I kind of like the design space. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with it. Or what I would yeah. do with it, rather. But I think it just goes into Rakdos group, group slug. Like I, I think, yeah. you know, it's gonna fit perfectly into into something like that. Okay. How about this? I definitely know where the next card goes. Um, okay. Shadow Heart Dark Justiciar. 
I think that's how you pronounce that word. That's an actual word, right? Not just it is. I believe it's an actual word. Yeah. Anyway, three colorless and a black. It's a human elf cleric. Uh, it's a mm. three four and uh, one in a black and tap it. Sacrifice another creature. Draw X cards where X is that creature's power. I like this. Yeah. Like am, this. am I wrong? Like this card is great, right? Yeah. Like this is like really good in like Golgari elves. Like really good in that deck. How right. many like weird buffs are you gonna get to elves in that? And like, well, because what's the what's the the guy that everybody plays? Costs like four mana. You sack a creature when it comes into play, and you draw cards equal to its power. Yeah, I, there's that card. Like Bolus is something, right? Yeah, Bolus is. Yeah, why did yeah. I get Bolus? Yeah. Um, but this yeah, I mean, this seems like just a like. Better. I mean, a little bit slower. So slower, like not but repeatable. Better, but yeah. it is repeatable, which is which is really good. I like this card quite a bit. It might be too slow. I mean, because you you are talking about like you're not doing this effect until turn five. I think you have to have a specific breed of or flavor of elf deck, right? It's not elf think, ball. Yeah, I think Golgari elves is a good place for this. I agree with you. Yeah, Golgari elves, but even that like. You could do, I mean, whenever you do elves, I think you have to decide, like, am I going to go fast or am I going to go, I don't know, any other tempo? Because (laughs) am I going to go critical maths or am I playing magic? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, So, like, this is neat and I'm definitely going to check it out because, like, there's another couple of cards that are like this, but they're cheaper in that deck. Like, there's a one and a black that whenever something dies, whenever, like, a non-token dies, you draw a card and lose a life. But, like... This one, you could draw a lot of cards off of just, you know, how many times do you have, like, three, three elves tokens that are just sitting around, right? I right. In that deck, I have a ton of them all the fucking time, you know? Yeah. You get one, one elves, two, two elves, and then you're just, right, like, you're building right. them up with stuff. Like, I think you'd draw a lot of cards with that. And it's actually, yeah. this is pretty good because it's not even draw X cards, lose X life. It's just draw cards. Right. And that's actually pretty rare in black. Yeah. So, okay. All right, I like this card quite a bit. What is this thing yeah. pre-selling for? Um, two dollars. Okay, I would take that bet. So, um, tell me about this next one, which is neat. Yeah, next one is Sivris Nightmare Speaker. Uh, fantastic artwork, by the way. Yeah, really is. Yeah, uh, three and a black for a three-three legendary creature, Snake Cleric Warlock. Oh, (laughs) that's this guy. This guy (laughs) dual like he dual class like Mm -hmm. hard. Yeah. Um. Yeah, he, he has the ability to tap, sacrifice another creature or an artifact for each opponent, you mill a card, then return a card from your graveyard to your hand unless that player pays three life. Unless that player, for each opponent, mill a card. Oh, for each... Op- oh, so you could put up to three cards back in your hand. Oh, that's better than I first read it. Mm -hmm. No, I had to do, I had to do it like a, I think three times around on this one. Cause like, huh? What? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, dude, I like Severus. Yeah. I like Severus too. I I think that I might play this in, um, so I built like a, a Rakdos deck, before that had it was like a Rakdos artifacts deck mm-hmm. um where i was making the construct tokens with whatever that planeswalker is that i can't think of right now sure yeah. have defender um but i think that this would play very well in that because it did have a lot of like 
sacrificing themes to it uh, along with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I, and then it also has a little bit of a mill, uh, like a self mill thing. So it could go in like a Sadisi type thing. This is interesting. I, like I'm not in love with it because it costs four. You know, it's it's a little on the slow side, but it's pretty good. Okay. I really like this guy, even though I am noted hater of warlocks, right? I'm going to make an exception <laughs> because at you, least it's well, mu- it's multi-classing into cleric. So like, all right, we're, you know, we're, we're getting a little bit better there. Can I just state by all evidence, you actually typically like all warlock cards and hate the fact that they're warlocks. <laughs> that is true. All right. Fair, fair. Yeah. I have a little, a, a, a pinch of the hypocrite in me yeah. when it comes to the, to the warlocks. That's fine. Noted. Um, I really like this guy with like Tormod who makes mm-hmm. tokens mm-hmm. for things leaving your graveyard. So you're kind of yeah. like fueling yeah. it. It's whenever one or more. So you have to do it one at a time. Right. Right. Um, right. But also like, uh, you know, I think about like Phil's Guillaume deck where you're making dumb food tokens and like, who okay. cares about food tokens, you know, you're, I'm sure you're going to have leftover treasure tokens. Cause this is the world we live in now. But like, you're going to have little things right. to just sacrifice here or there. You know, I might even put this in Glissa as a matter of fact. Sure. Because you're sacking an artifact that deck wants you to do anyway, and then you're right. bringing stuff back. You can't bring back the artifact you just sacked, but then who cares? Like, just wait till next turn or untap this thing and do it again. Right, right. Just, I don't know, man. Yeah, I, really like I mean, this. I think I think it's, it's, got some a, space. it's a nice, versatile card based on what we're saying, because we're, we're seeing it in different decks, which means, like, yeah, okay. It fits in a lot of different places and is very splashable. Very splashable, and you do it for each opponent. Like, that's yeah. a lot. I, I would, even if that was just for one opponent, I would do it, right? Can if I this just... was like the Athreos build, you, know, you pay your three life and one opponent has to only do it at a time. But like, right. this is good, man. Can I just point out that, like, good on Wizards, every single one of these only has one color pip on them. Oh, yeah, that's true. All the multicolored ones. Yeah. Good on you, Wizards. It's almost yeah. like you learned. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that is that was a good design choice. Thumbs up through the internet for you, Wizards. Yeah. That was like the most condescending way I could give a compliment. I know, I know. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> good <laughs> job. <laughs> good job, Wizards. What's oh. the next card? <laughs> uh, Viconia, Drow Apostate. Two Carlos and a black. It's an elf cleric. Two, three. At the beginning of your upkeep, if there are four or more creature cards in your graveyard, return a creature card at random from your graveyard to your hand. I don't like returning things at random, Adam. I also don't care about this card at all. I don't like this. No. I don't know. Like, yeah. we just came off of a really cool thing. And then we yeah. got to this. And I'm like, no. Yeah. No. So, yeah. Anyway, tell me about uh, tell me about some more grist for the mill. Yeah. Hmm. So, uh, Amber Gristle. Omal. Amber Crystal Mall. Yeah. Uh, is uh, three and a red for a dwarf cleric. Three, three. It has haste. And whenever it attacks, you may discard your hand. If you do, draw a card for each player being attacked. This is an interesting gamble that I'm not comfortable with. <laughs> I like this in the, like, the mono red YOLO deck. Like, yeah, okay, <laughs> you know, and let's be honest, this is like the most interesting dwarf we've got, you know, in a little while. That's fair, that's fair, you know. So, I'm like, all right, you know, I don't know, I didn't know that red clerics were a thing, but now that we've we're moving it in, we got some stuff, and I know, I like I am this very card. medium on this card. I do not think that this will see much play at all. 
I don't know. I mean, just think about, I mean, what is our standard? Like, pull our chain and we're like, it's good in Felden. You know, maybe in Felden. So Yeah, I guess. I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's that's pretty much all. But I don't even know that I would play it in Felden. I might play in Felden. Listen, man, I always, I typically have, like, in some of my favorite decks that have been around for a long time, I'll have, like, wiggle room slots where like sure. new, new cards come out and i'm like i'll put this in there oh that didn't work you know i'll put this in there right we're right. like the core of the deck is the same but like i want to try out some new things right so this is a perfect like wiggle room card you know yeah. you might at, at certain times like dump a bunch of lands and then get some neat stuff and that's kind of good in mono red you know you're like look i did a mini wheel you yeah know? that's not bad so anyway uh ganax astral hunter uh, God bless me, I guess. Uh, yeah. Ganax is four colorless and red. It's a dragon. Just a dragon. Like, I feel like yep. I have a letdown. It's just, it's, but anyway, uh, just a dragon. No job. Just a loafer. It's a 3-4 flyer. Whenever Ganax, Astral Hunter, or another dragon enters the battlefield under your control, create a treasure token. This is amazing in the dragon's deck. Like, I, yeah, I guess if you're... You're doing dragons, and you got Goldspan Dragon, and you got some more dragons, and you got Utvara Hellkite that's making right, dragons. Right, exactly. Like, like, yeah. Your dragons are doing dragons, and then you're getting tokens, and yeah. I, 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 I assume it's might... pretty good in, like, a Gruul tokens deck, too. So. Yeah. it's. I, I mean, it's very medium. It's, you know, like, it, it has decks that it can go in. Other than that, who cares? I mean, listen, man. Dragon Broodmother in this? They tight. Just saying. Well, yeah. 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 Because people play Dragon Broodmother all the time. I so. play Dragon Broodmother all the time. God damn it. Anyway. I mean, I'm just saying. Like, not many people have that card. <laughs> yes, I know. Whatever. So. Anyway, tell me about your guts. Yeah. Gut. True Soul Zealot. It's a uh, legendary creature, Goblin Shaman. He's a 2 2 for 2 and a red. Whenever you attack, you may sacrifice another creature or an artifact. If you do, create a 4-1 black skeleton creature token with menace that's tapped and attacking. That's kind of neat. Uh, I like yeah. this. Huh. I think this is fine in the goblin deck. Like, There's so many like goblin tokens that you can sacrifice and, and nonsense that, like, yeah, this just upgrades them and gives them menace. Like, yeah, sure. Great. Can I just say I had to read it two times because I thought that the tokens went away, but they don't. The 4 ones stick yeah. around. Yep. Yeah, that's pretty good, man. I don't know. I like this guy. Got yeah, I think he's thing. pretty good. I think yeah. I think he'll definitely see play. I mean, I think it's again another ninety nine card, but like he's gonna see play. Yeah, I think he's a solid ninety nine card. But come on, yeah. he's a he's a two two for three and does a, a meaningful thing in goblins. Yep. So yeah, I like. I and also... he doesn't even have to be attacking. It's just whenever you attack. Ah, that's a good point too. A lot of those goblins, you know, they're a little suicidal. So this one's pretty right. Cool. Yeah, yeah. Throw throw the peons that are gonna die anyway out there, and you know. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, I like it. Uh, I also I think might be my favorite name in the set because just gut. <laughs> we're just gonna throw. Well, you have to do the whole thing. Gut, true soul, zealot. But we're just gonna throw words together. Here we go. Oh, I think it would have been better if his name was just gut. Gut. Yeah. Well, I mean, then we're we're tipping over to berserk. You know. <laughs> so we're just you know we got to we got to keep it legally distinct. For IP reasons. Mm. Gotcha. Mm. Next one, Carlac. Fury of Avernus. Sure. Uh, four colorless yeah. and red. It's a tiefling barbarian. 
It's kind of neat. I don't know why I like Tiefling so much. I effing hate warlocks, but I'm like down with the Tiefling all day long. Even though Tieflings so. are often warlocks. Yeah, just again, we don't. And I'm hypocrite. It's fine. Uh, it's a five-four. Whenever you attack, if it's the first combat phase of the turn, untap all attacking creatures. They gain first strike until end of turn. After this phase, there's an additional combat phase. I like me additional combat phases. Don't really care about the first strike. I mean, it's useful, right? Five-four with first strike. Yeah, but they only get it on the second combat phase, right? Like. No, they- they Theoretically, the people one. would block the first time. No, if it's on the first one, whenever you attack, if it's the first combat phase of the turn, you untap, and then they get first strike. And then after that, there's an additional combat phase. So they get first strike on the first round. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, okay. Yeah, All right. that, that would be yeah, really fine. crappy if they only got in the second round. Well, uh, isn't there a card that like gives your first strike creatures double strike? There it's is, white, but it's though. white. Yeah. So, I don't know. Um... Listen, man, I, like this this. In... I will say that the thing that I like about it the most is the design choice of just saying first combat. Like, okay, if it's, if it's your first one, you get another one. You can't like blink this and then get another one after that. Or like, it's just, if it, if it was your first combat phase, it's the only, the only way it's happening. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, presumably it doesn't really matter if you get first strike on the other combat phases, right? Well, right, but you can't ever have other combat phases based on this card. Well, no, it says there is another combat phase. No, 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 but you can't have a third one. Oh. Well, why why couldn't you? Because it's only based on triggering when you have your first combat phase. Well, I mean, you could have another combat phase. You just wouldn't untap and they wouldn't gain first strike. But you can have more combat phases. Oh yeah, but not triggered by this card. Sure. Yes. Okay. That's that's. That's what, what I'm saying. Oh, okay. I thought you're just like no, like this card. <laughs> no, no, like, no, no. You get two and no fucking more. Sit down. The use of other cards. Get the just, fuck just, away yeah. from the buffet. Put the yeah. fucking mashed potatoes down. Sit down. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the other problem is that it costs five. Um, yeah, that's but, a toughie. But it's a but five four. I, do think, I mean, I think that this is actually pretty decent in even a mono red deck. Like, just go. Balls of the wall with the extra combat phases and the you know and the attackies. Why not? <laughs> yeah, you like attackies. What if you had more attackies? Right. Yeah, I'm good with that. Yeah. Next one. Next one is Levon, cultist of Tiamat. Uh, it is two and a red for a one-three dragon shaman. Whenever you cast a non-creature spell, target creature gets plus X plus O until end of turn. Where X is that spell's mana value? I kind of like that. And like, is yeah. it? No, like, is it? You're gonna have some flyers, right? For you're gonna have some whatever dragons in the sky, something, something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like that's pretty good. Not amazing. Yeah, I mean, I think I think especially if you have because there's there's also like this would work good in a Niv Mizzet deck because you're yes. like you're pinging you're pinging things for damage anyway when you cast non-creature spells, mm-hmm. and so. That plus you're probably drawing cards off of those spells. Plus you're making Niv Mizzet bigger, and it has flying anyway. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, it adds an interesting. It also adds an interesting. Like, uh, ooh, you know where it would be good? Feather. Oh, that is really good. Because you're doing all combat tricks anyway, right? Oh, that's a really good one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a that's a neat that's a neat add to feather. Yeah, and you don't often get like feather tech. 
No. <laughs> no. <laughs> that's, that's pretty good. Touche, sir. I doff my hat to you on that one. That's yeah. very good. Uh, next one, Will, Blade of Frontiers. One Carlos and a Reds, a human warlock. One, one. If you would roll one or more dice, instead roll that many dice plus one and ignore the lowest roll. Whenever you roll one or more dice, put a plus one plus one counter on Will, Blade of Frontiers. Okay. Sure. Can, I, can I say from... From the D&D flavor perspective only, yes, I really appreciate this card because it's the equivalent of the 5e giving you advantage. Oh, yeah. That's a good, that's a good point. It's the exact, that's exactly what this does. You roll twice, ignore the lowest. You have advantage. It, like it the, almost yeah. needs to be keyworded as advantage. <laughs> you almost wonder why it isn't, right? You're like, I, I, I really do. I really strongly... Wait a minute. With all the things that we got keywords for here... Like yeah. literally, there's a there's a keyword that says I think Mama Bear is coming on one of the right, cards. Right, and I'm like, yeah. oh, come on, man! Like, can we just get just do all the keywords? Might right, as well. right. Yeah, this one's neat. I don't think it's I, this card is bad. I mean, like, let's let's be real. This card is bad. Isn't there another? There's like another red card that came out in the last D and D set that had something something roll dice do things that I guess if you're yeah. all in on the dice rolling. There's not enough dice rolling. Like, there's just not even even amongst the two sets. There's not enough dice rolling to make a deck. Yeah, I mean, I haven't. I'm, I have not sat down to do the like all the all in dice rolling deck. But yeah, I think you're probably right. Yeah, yeah, I haven't counted, but I I am estimating that there's not enough. Yeah, we feel safe making that bet. Yeah. I do. Okay. Uh, next one, we're into greens and almost out of all the monocolored cards here. Yeah, Aeneris. Uh, Gloomstalker is a legendary creature halfling ranger. It's a 3-3 for 2 and a green. It has death touch. When Aeneris Gloomstalker attacks, return target land card from your graveyard to the battlefield. I kind of like that. Yeah, it's fine. It's a a role player. This did not need to be legendary. Even for an uncommon, it didn't need to be legendary. Yeah, it's got pseudo evasion with death touch, which is nice. The 3-3 for 3. Yeah. Yeah, it plays fine. I mean, I think it just goes in the, like, I would probably only play this in the Death Touch deck. Yes. Or, yeah, whatever the deck is that... Whatever that dude is. Yeah, the dude who gives Death Touch infect. Yes, that guy. That that is the only one that I would play it in. Because this is pretty big for a Death Toucher. So, yeah. Right. I mean, a 3-3 for 3 Death Touch, like, yeah, It does a thing, right? Right. Yeah, okay. Man, do we never build that deck? We should build that deck. Yeah, was, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, Halson, uh, Emerald Arch Druid. I don't know why I get I get halted on the Halson part. Weird name. <laughs> uh, three colorless and a green elf druid. It's a two four. It has an activated ability of one colorless until end of turn. Target token you control becomes a green bear creature with base power and toughness four four. In addition to its other colors and types, I don't care about this card. Yeah, same. Yeah, I, don't no, I mean the, the only the only thing I'll say is it doesn't say target creature tro- token, so you could turn a food token into a four four. Oh, okay, there we go. So this is a thing you could turn your turn your treasure tokens into things. I think it and the next card are like are just living in the same world. Like generate any kind of tokens and mass, whatever they are, doesn't matter. Yeah, you play them in that deck. They living in America. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, man. I have a, I've had Rocky on the brain. All right, oh, I've had Rocky on the brain. I don't know. I want to go do a Rocky three rewatch. 
I mean, that's a Rocky Four, isn't it? I, it is Rocky Four, but I I said I want to do a Rocky Three rewatch. Right. I kind of want to do seen that one in quite a while. That's I've seen thing. Rocky Four a lot. I've seen OG Rocky a bajillion times. I've seen Rocky Two more times than I need to because that movie's boring. Um, yeah, and then good. Rocky Three is the one that I used to watch a lot as a kid. And then Rocky Four, of course, I've seen a bajillion times too. And now I need to go back and check out uh, Rocky Three. So yeah. But anyway, uh, it has nothing to do with Jahira, friend of the forest. No. <laughs> Uh, Jahira, friend of the forest, is two and a green for a human elf druid that's a two three. And it says tokens you control have tap add a green. Noted uh, it's yeah. it's just tokens, not token creature. So it could Correct. be the food tokens and the treasure yep. tokens and all the rest tokens. So I think that's what makes it great is you know, like even if it's you know something that like make stupid like wall tokens that you can't do anything else with they're mm. like like whatever garbage tokens are the cheapest is what what this does so that's great <laughs> garbage tokens now you do a thing yeah oh why don't we have garbage tokens and they're just like tap to sacrifice you know you okay real talk here right you know that the garbage pail kid secret lair is coming at some point Oh god! You know it is. You fucking know it okay. is. Okay, I will only be okay with it only if they are actually sticker cards. Listen, man, I don't know what other things they're gonna pack in, but I know that we are mining nostalgia like it's a fucking fossil fuel, right? Yeah. So, so is it like another five or ten years before like our stuff, like the stuff from our youth, is not the stuff that's popular anymore? Oh yeah, I mean that's that's a like good when we're in our fifties. Are we yeah. done? Because then okay. it'll be like the early 2000s. Then we'll get like the Star Wars prequel secret layers. Will we get like an NSYNC secret <laughs> Why not? <laughs> what? I don't know. Okay. All right. So we have a... So, so well, unfortunately, we have a few more years. Yeah. Yeah, we do. So whatever. That's why what I'm saying. I'm like, I, sure as shit, I know that's going to happen. Yeah. Um, like, why haven't we gotten G.I. Joe secret layers? That's happening. That's happening. Just yeah. Ha- just hasn't happened yeah. yet. It's the same goddamn company. Like, it's happening. Yeah. Uh, next one, Skanos, Skanos. I'm gonna go with Skanos. Uh, Dragonheart, four colorless in green. It's a four-four Dragon Ranger. Whenever Skanos, Skanos, whatever the hell knows, uh, Dragonheart attacks, it gets plus X plus X until end of turn, where X is the greatest power among other dragons you control, and dragon cards in your graveyard, which is nice. Yeah, I don't know what I don't know where this guy goes. I guess something something dragon deck. Well, it's the the gruel. Who's who's the one that gives all your dragons double strike? Ooh, that's a good one. It just goes in that, right? Ooh, that is a good one. Yeah, yeah he's already beefy anyway. He's already like a five five, and right? that, and that's a very viable deck. Like I've I've played that deck before. I've played against that deck before. Like it's it, that's a perfectly serviceable deck. And that would make this dude a nine nine with double strike. Ooh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. that's scratching the Timmy itch. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, this this card is absolutely fine. It, like it, it goes in that deck. <laughs> you probably fine. that's it. And, yeah, you you are fine. <laughs> Next one, sir. Next one is Wilson, refined grizzly, uh, one and a green for a two-two bear warrior. Thank you, wizards. You got it right. Uh-huh. It took him a couple tries, it, right? It did. It did. A few yeah. swings and a miss, uh, and then you get there. This spell can't be countered. Fantastic. It has Vigilance, Reach, and Trample, and it has Ward 2. This is perfect. (laughs) 
It is not even good, no. but it is perfect. It goes in the all bears deck. It goes in the bears deck. It lives in the bears deck. It is one with the bears deck. Yep. You could almost say it is a refined bear. It is. It on, is. on so many levels. This is, and even the ward is ward two. Isn't it? it the, the symmetry of Wilson refined grizzly is what I really appreciate. Not that I'm ever going to play oh, God, Wilson no. reply, <laughs> refined grizzly, <laughs> but I do appreciate it on many, many levels. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I love this card. <laughs> like, <'cause, laughs> this might be my favorite designed card of the, of the yeah. cards so far. Um, favorite cards yeah. you like to look at and never play i have a few of those that, that could be yeah, a seg- yeah, that could be a segment unto itself right like yeah. here, here's the thing i never intend to put in a deck i will yeah. never put you in a sleeve but i enjoy that you exist right so, yeah well ladies and gents uh if you have your own thoughts on them monocolored commanders from commander legends battle for Baldur's gate guess yeah, what we did it we, yeah guess what next week we'll talk about more commanders because it's a never-ending spree so, uh, even more, there are even more multicolored commanders than that there are monocolored commanders. Yeah. There's so yeah. many commanders. So, um, something, something, commander, commander. Let us know in the commander comments. Commander. <laughs> commander. <laughs> commander. Uh, with that, uh, in technology, we will mosey on talk about some mechanics of things. Adam will finally explain initiative to me so I can properly evaluate some of the cards I just spoke about for an hour. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, uh, yeah, let's stick with us through Dumb Interstitial. Alrighty, sir. Yes. Uh, Adam, would you like to go to ancient Rome and knock off Julius Caesar and then pretend you're him and then uh, go on some, some campaigns in ancient Rome? Okay. Because okay. that's, that's kind of what happens. You don't knock him off, but you kind of like take Caesar's place in Expeditions Rome, which is a delightful tactical turn-based RPG that I've been getting into lately. Mm. So. Tactical turn-based in what way? So much like uh, the King Arthur Knight's Tales or the Final Fantasy Tactics-esque. Ah, so you're not, moving not like a grid. command and conquer tactics. No. Like so Individuals instead of units, yeah. as it were. Yeah. I mean, you know... There is a strategy layer too, but like Is there? Okay. I think I think we've come to the the point where like we know that like tactics is small scale, strategy is large scale. I think that's that's pretty much oh, what so we, we I, land. I, yeah, okay. I guess I wasn't making that distinction, but okay. I, I, I get that. Yeah. So that's I guess where like the computer RPG scene is. Sure. So whatever. Okay. I mean, like, there are hex grids and you're moving guys on hex grids and you get different little, you know, do you want a gladius or a Pelum or a, right. you know, name the thing I'm probably going to mispronounce, you know. I don't know how useful those swords were, but I like me a wooden handle with a short blade. I mm. think those are neat, neat little things, right? Um, so anyway, yeah, Expeditions Rome is a cool one of those. Um, it has been teaching me random facts about ancient Rome, which I shared with, with Adam, for example. Yeah. 
Did you know that naming conventions for women in ancient Rome differed? Females were identified officially by the feminine of their family name, not by an actual first name. So, hmm. for instance, you might call someone Tertia just because she was the third sister. And, like, that was kind right. of her name rather than right. have an actual name. That is bananas to me. I don't understand. And then when a woman yeah, I got... I guess it's, it's not too far from, like station before before name like lady blah 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 you know in in you know kind of british empires and things like that so can i can i can i put another little like twist on it which is also weird so after a woman married she would keep her family name and then also just add her husband's name so like in in this instance in wikipedia here like the name clodia matilli would be clodia wife of matillus but Claudia was her father's last name. Like that was the family right, name. Right. So then you just kind of like you're moving squares on the family name board, but you never had like the Adam nomenclature. Right. Right. That is bananas to me. I just yeah. didn't know that. So look at that. Computer games taught me things. And so I will say it's interesting because like a little bit of that still kind of reside or at least resided in Italy um, at least within the last century. Like I know that they usually get tacked on as middle names. Like you always consider your maiden name part of your middle name. Ooh, that's interesting. So like my mother or my grandmother, like I think that they – so like you went through multiple middle names. Like you would have your original middle name from birth, then you would have your confirmation middle name, and then once you got married, you would take your maiden name as a middle name also. Ooh. So they kind of stacked. That's kind of neat. You know, like who wants to stick with the same name for the rest of your life? Right? Like that gets kind of boring. Right. right. Like, I don't do I need Mark all the time? Nah. Like I Yeah, that said, like my mother didn't go through the trouble of like adding it and i i actually don't think that even when my grandmother came over to america she may have changed like officially changed her first name even because it was unbearably long for americans to say it's a possibility i just think that's like i don't think it's on legal documents but it it is definitely like how they consider it it has their lineage kind of like built in there See, like, that's the cool kind of stuff that, like, aside from the game, which is fine, whatever, I'm beyond talking about it now. It's neat. Go play it. Um, I like finding out neat little things about stuff I just take for granted, right? You're just like, oh, everyone kind of does it this way. You're like, nope. Right. No. So, also, fun fact, ancient Romans obviously did not use toilet paper because it wasn't invented yet. They just had a sponge on a stick. They would stick next to the toilet. It was communal. Yeah. The communal part. The communal is part. Where, that's where, is where it really falls me. apart. Because yeah. like a sponge on a stick, like, yeah, okay, you're like a step away from a bidet, right? Listen, like, yeah. Not... You know, you want a loofah the back door, I'm okay with that. Right, right. But, but the communal part is, the... yeah. Just... Like, you should have to bring your sponge with you. Oh, and, you know, you do that before germ theory. And, like, now I understand why you're fighting cholera every other year. Right, Like, right. now I get this. Yeah. But anyway, uh, Expeditions Rome, it's fun. Go play a game and learn things about ancient Rome. Mm, technology.
technology, ladies and gents. Adam. Yeah. Would you like to learn about Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate mechanics? Uh, yeah. If only there were an article from the Mothership that out that laid out all of the Commander Legends Battle for Baldur's Gate mechanics. Adam, I'm also going to say this. If you need several lines for the title of just your set, not the article about your set, yeah. just your set, yeah. you might be doing it wrong. So just yeah. saying there. Um, all right, so let's uh, let's do the radical approach and do this in alphabetical order here. Talk to me about some backgrounds. Okay. Adam. So, uh, backgrounds. All right, so for all of the cards that we, that we just reviewed, mm-hmm. all of those say choose a background on them. Yeah. As we, as we stated in the beginning. So we didn't really read that for all the cards, but they all said choose a background. Okay. So what is a background is the first one. <laughs> Backgrounds are legendary enchantments with the subtype background. Right. They all have casting costs and they can live in your command zone if you have a card that says choose a background as your commander. Hmm. Choose a background as your commander basically allows you to partner with a specific background. Okay. Okay. So you're now partnered with a legendary enchantment. Yes. That said, just like with partners and other cards, they are legendary enchantments all on their own. You can play them in the 99, yada, yada. Now, it's choose a background, so I assume this is mandatory for any of those. If it's in the if it's in the command zone, you have to choose a background. I don't believe so. You can have a background as a second commander. Is the way that the reminder text states on choose a background. Oh, okay. Well, that's good. So you're not automatically locked into ninety eight cards instead of ninety nine. Correct. So yeah. Okay. All right. That's true. Even in the article, it says it can allow a player to have more than one commander. It doesn't mean you can play a partner commander without using partner. So, right. Yeah. Okay. That's neat. Um, huh. I mean, and, and most of the, most of the, um, legendary enchantment, most of the, the backgrounds, uh, specifically apply to commander creatures that you control. So, from a flavor perspective, like they really only make sense when in conjunction with your commander. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and from a mechanical sense, they only, they only really make sense there. Uh, unless you're planning on stealing other people's commanders because they are commander creatures. You, Oh no, you own for, forget it. They all say cr- commander creatures you own. So you can't even do it on stolen ones. It's literally, this is a legendary enchantment that will apply to your commander. It does say, however, it's not always just creatures. So for, like, Command Beacon, it does say specifically in this article, can fetch either a legendary creature or the legendary background. So for whatever Fair. reason. Yes. It got it. Yep. So there's a there's confusing rules things. Right. It's kind of a commander, not really a commander, a thing that lives in your... It's, yeah. it's not I an mean, emblem, but it's kind of a something. Yeah, so. I think what it's meant to be is literally, like, a a trait that you decide for your commander ahead of the game that you can call into play, uh, you know, whenever you want to. So yeah, sure. Okay. Great. All right. So real talk, do you think this is them trying to fix eminence? Like it's a thing no. that, that lives think, in the I, command zone, I, but it's not your commander, but it's not as powerful as eminence. 
I don't. What I honestly feel like is that this was uh, a way for them to create uh, a vast amount of variety within the draft environment. Okay. Because all of the commanders have choose a background and there's tons of backgrounds in this set. So you should be able to get a creature and a background, no problem. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I think it it was, and the combinations just as we did with partner are (laughs) very vast (laughs) when Mm. you combine those colors there, those, those things. And you've got color combinations, et cetera. So there's a lot of variants that can be created by it. Um, that I think, you know, can set the colors of your deck and et et cetera, you know, and I think it was just intended for the draft environment and for a flavor perspective, because you do choose backgrounds in D and D five E, uh, that do kind of align with some of these. So it makes sense from that perspective as well. So I think that was the intention of doing this. Okay. That's the thing, I guess. Yeah, I'm not like in love with it. Like it, it's just more D and D flavor, and it does make sense as a draft set. Like, you know, oh, okay, I really want to play this red commander that I got. Well, all the commanders say choose a background. Oh, okay, well I'm going to play this black background that I got. There you go. I've got Rakdos. Yay! Right? You know, like so. I, I think that it, w- it it was very specifically intended for that from a play perspective. All right. Was making the draft thing go a little bit smoother with your colors. Okay. All right. Not super excited about it, but um, you know, kind of neat. Yeah. So some of the backgrounds are cool. I mean, we'll talk about when we talk about the ninety nine, which who knows might be in like three weeks at this goddamn point. Um, but we'll talk about you know the backgrounds as a thing. So. Right. <sighs> Adam. All right. Explain to me this initiative thing. Okay. So initiative for a lot of purposes works like monarch so um there are several cards within the set mm-hmm. that that have an ability of you take the initiative okay okay when you take the initiative so anything anything that says you take the initiative on it you get a i mean there is a physical card you know just like monarch you mm-hmm. you get this new thing added to the game that's called the initiative okay okay just like Monarch. What that thing does is whenever you take the initiative and at the beginning of your upkeep, you venture into the Undercity, which is a very specific dungeon. We'll discuss that in a second. Uh, from there, the initiative can move around the table by two means. One is by somebody else taking the initiative. The other is whenever one or more creatures a player controls deal combat damage to you, then that player takes the initiative. So again, very similar in how it works to Monarch. Yeah, except less good. Well, okay. So it's not, yeah, it's not as straightforward in that you draw cards. So yeah. Which is the really good part of Monarch. Yeah. Right. So you venture into a very specific dungeon, which is the Undercity. Okay. So the Undercity has... uh, That did not help when I enlarged that. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) The Undercity... Uh, is a specific dungeon that has the following. So the first time you venture into it, everybody goes into the secret entrance, which says, search your library for a basic land card, reveal it, put it into your hand. Okay. Yeah. Not bad. Not bad. You know? um, then it splits off paths 
uh, and you have Forge, which is put two plus one plus one counters on target creature, or Lost Well, which is Scry 2. Uh, the next layer of three paths, I'm not going to like talk about what how the paths connect. You can look at the mm-hmm. card. Yeah, but uh, is Trap, which is target player loses five life, Arena, which is goad target creature, or Stash, create a treasure token. Uh, then the next layer is Archives, which is draw a card. Or Catacombs, which is create a 4-1 Black Skeleton creature token with Menace. And then uh, the last layer that everything leads to is Throne of the Dead 3, which is reveal the top 10 cards of your library. Put a creature card from among them onto the battlefield. With 3 plus 1, plus one counters on it, it gains Hexproof until your next turn, then Shuffle. Ooh. So the, the last layer is very good. There is draw a card through, along the way. There's a lose five life, a go to treasure. Like these are decent effects. I agree with you that overall, if it just said draw a card at every single one of these layers, you know, like Monarch, uh, mm-hmm. I would probably be happier. It would just be better. Yeah. Right. I get it. it's not flavorful if you're not diving into the Undercity right. and whatever. Kind of wish there was an Underdark, but again, maybe it's just me, whatever, you know. I mean, Throne of the Dead 3 is pretty good, you know, and, like, actually, Secret it's Entrance good, yeah. Secret Entrance is fine, too, right? Like, who doesn't need an extra basic lane card? Sure. Right, sure, you know? yeah. I mean, it, it basically says draw a card, but it's of a specific type. Yeah. Sure. So, like, I don't think it's bad. It's flavorful, right? It's right. just, it's not amazing, so, yeah, sure. Now, the interesting thing to note here is that you can only venture into the Undercity via initiative. Yeah. Because it is a new dungeon card, but venture into a dungeon does not work here. You can't enter the dungeon unless you venture into the Undercity very specifically, which is only on initiative or there may be some cards in the set. I'm not going to say I memorized everything in the set, but like anything that just says venture into the dungeon. So this may or may not, overlap with the venture deck um i think that it will just because like we saw some of the commanders that have venture and dungeon and initiative on them Hmm. um so that's fine but um this is yeah a less good monarch in my opinion the only thing the thing i i like the least about this is you have to pick one like you can't just do any of the other uh dungeons and there's only three official ones so it's not right like, it's not like we had a whole lot of choice to begin with now you can only either be in the undercity or any of the other ones but not both and you have to finish one in order to start the other well so, i mean mark how can you be in both places at the same time i understand I these things it's not like it's a forgotten realm of fucking magic or something that we don't already have teleportation but whatever that's fine somehow it's that's a thing i'm just saying like yeah. it, it seems unnecessarily narrow sure you know but eh. uh, i don't think that you're wrong i think i think i think that this is a little too narrow also like i said there will probably be a venture deck that tax initiative into itself now and it will be played there and you know somebody will have that or not adventure I'm sorry dungeon deck yeah what are you yeah. thinking i i sorry i i don't know man i don't know man all right, let's talk about uh, returning mechanics. Sure, we got some. We just talked about uh, returning dungeons, so we don't really have to talk about that. I yeah. like adventures. I think so. If you don't remember what adventures are, they came out in um, 
Throne of Eldraine. There's this neat little mechanic where you cast a instant or sorcery, and then it sticks around, and you can cast the permanent a little bit later. It's like in exile, but not exiled. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, it's in exile, but it's castable, which is which is another thing that that uh, commander that we were talking about uh, can also play off adve- adventures. Oh, that's true. Yeah, Zevlor. So there we go. Yeah. No, um, no, not Zevlor. The uh, the one that we were just talking about that makes the mana. Oh, she makes three yeah. mana, but uh, she can't cast stuff from your hand. Yes, was it Var or Val? Something. Yeah, something like that. Candlekeep. Yeah. Um, so, so that can apply to adventure cards. Sure. Yeah, um, and I, I like adventures. I mean, I don't think most of them are good, but I like the concept. Yeah, so. there are a few that are good. I like the concept as well. Um, they have added some to this. I think they're fine. I, I think it. You know, they're and they're somewhat modal. Because you don't yes. have to cast them for the instant or sorcery part. You could just cast the, the main part. It's also true. Yeah, and most of the time, you know, the instant or sorcery part isn't so amazing that you feel like you're missing out. It's just like, oh, what fits at this point? So I yeah. mean, really, it's like an instant or sorcery that has kicker, but you can play the kicker <laughs> later. Well, if we would, yes. Every, <laughs> everything is kicker. Okay. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about the adventure cards a little bit later, you know, yeah. when we need a technology segment. So, yeah, yeah it's a thing. Um. Yeah, we got dice rolling back. Yeah, D twenty dice rolling is back in it. Um, it, it that's really just a footnote. Like, yes, that is back. <laughs> uh-huh. Nothing to talk about there. Some things say roll a D twenty. Yep. Uh, we got goad, which we yeah, always goad like. coming back. Very exciting. Listen, they, yeah, they reprinted. Um, I can't remember where they originally came out in. Um, the goad cards. The... It was in conspiracy originally. But okay, the yeah. thing I liked about Goad was, oh, the impetuses. The impetuses oh, yes. came yeah. out, and that was in Forgotten Realms Commander and Commander 2020. So I guess I hadn't even remembered that they were in Forgotten Realms Commander. Commander 2020 was the uh, the thing that I was looking for with the, the impetuses cycle. Because, mm. like, shiny impetus, I still love that card. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the other impetuses are fine, and they go in, you know, whatever decks. But, uh, yeah, man, like... It's good. I don't know. Just give me more goad. I always mm-hmm. want more goad. Like if you talk about a keyword, you could just put that on there, and I'll be happy. Like yep. You know. So I'm never gonna complain about that. Um, it's also on one of the backgrounds too. But I'm sure we'll yeah. talk about that at some point because that actually looks like a background I would want to play. Um, what else do we have, sir, for returning um, commander? Co- one of commandics. my favorites came back. Myriad. I just said commandics. You said commandics? I missed it. <laughs> Just, yeah, I know. I didn't want to. I didn't want to go over how broken my brain is. Apparently, so yeah. I mean, I thought we were getting on the verge of like the doctor doctor thing when you were saying commander commander. <laughs> <laughs> sure, might as well. Uh, do you think that's more well known than Eyes Without a Face? Like, are we just going to do the the hierarchy of obscure the doctor doctor songs? thing? Yeah, that's been parodied so much. Even if people don't get the original reference, they get the reference. They get that. All right, you sing a few bars and you'll get it. All right. Yeah. All right. So tell me about some Myriad. I never really liked Myriad. 
Did you not? I, I was right. a big fan of Myriad. Um, right. So, yeah, Myriad is a mechanic that was, God, released in some Commander set, right? With Blade of Selves and yes. whatnot. Commander tw- 2015. And actually, that's yeah. the thing. I'm only The only reason I'm excited about this is because finally Blade of Selves is getting a reprint. Right, which which is needed. And I think this is the appropriate place for it because it does have you know other Myriad cards. Um so Myriad is basically uh, an ability that's on a creature, and when that creature attacks one player, you make a copy of that creature that is tapped and attacking each other opponent that you have. Yeah. Yeah. Which uh, the example that they have here is Battle Angels of Tear, uh, which is two white-white uh, for an Angel Knight 4-4 four, four with flying and Myriad. So first of all, 4-4 four, four flying. like oh, This is a mythic, by the way. So, yeah, like, yeah, this, is, this yeah. is good. Yeah, good card, good. Yeah. When it deals combat damage to a player, draw a card if that player has more cards in hand than each other player. Then you create a treasure token if that player controls more lands than each other player. Then you gain three life if that player has more life than each other player. <laughs> so this is attack, stop the game, break out the notepad, tally yeah. it up, and then go back. Yeah, that's fine. Th- right, actually, but it's also attack and probably draw a card get a treasure gain three life yeah it's pretty good man was it actually the the myriad card that i'm most excited with because it's the most breakable is legion loyalty which is just it's an eight mana enchantment but it's just creatures you control have like oh my broken (laughs) like yeah yeah Yeah. that's gonna be that's a that's a really good card that one's obviously mythic too i wonder what that's pre-selling for that's only nine bucks that's, yeah. That strikes me as a card that might go up. But, yeah. again, what the hell do I know? Um, good cards are good, it turns out. So, if you make it more does. copies of a good card, like, do you really care if you make more Banshees of the Dread Choir? Yeah, probably not. You right. know? But, uh, yeah, it seems like the Battle Angels of Tear is probably good. Yeah. I, I, in my day, have played a Caller of the Pack. So, yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a thing. Um, I no longer have to pay $30 for a Blade of Selves. Again, that is my most exciting part of this. Yeah. So, uh, And then lastly, sir, <laughs> the most appropriate returning mechanic for this set. Yeah. Gates. Yep. They have a card named Baldur's Gate, which they would do. have been a big miss if they didn't. So It, it would have. Kudos yeah. on you. Yep. Yeah. Um, that Maze's End deck gets stronger every day. Yep. So... Yep. Uh, actual gates we didn't get too many we got Baldur's Gate we got Basilisk Gate we got reprints of all the gates yeah we got... we'll probably do a cycles from the set which which means we'll talk about the gates yeah so. I mean I think we could just I like the, the the colored gates are just pretty simple man it's just like like Citadel Gate Cliff Gate Black, Black Dragon Gate like it makes a mana of the chosen it makes a mana or you choose a color when it comes into play and it makes that other one so it's just right whatever two mana land. Well, they're just more versatile gates right yeah sure yeah. They're, they're literally the other gates except for more versatile because you have one color and whatever you want the other color to be i mean i think the real benefit is there are many there are not many there are at least a few cards in the set that say specifically you can search up a land or a gate so right. you know like if you need that thing to do a thing like okay so yeah and there's a gate that gates you control enter the battlefield untapped so right. that's neat. Again, you know, whatevs. Um, I will say the other takeaway of the uh, 
of the gates is while while some of them might be specific callouts, they're all pretty generically named, which means if they want to do gates again, they don't have to do the Golgari gates and stuff like that. They can just throw these in sets as generic color fixing at common. Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Right? Seagate can go in any set. Doesn't matter. Yeah. True. True that. True that. Yeah. It's kind of neat. So, sure. I mean, we, we check the box. Baldur's yeah. Gate has gates. I'm not excited about the gate deck, but somebody else is out there. I am a little salty about one of them. Mmm. Do tell. Okay. Citadel Gate, Seagate, Black Dragon Gate, Manor Gate are all two different words, each word capitalized. Yeah. What happened with Cliffgate? Cliffgate, they're just like, you know what? We're sick of this two man two word thing. You know, it's it's kind of like uh, maybe all the other ones are like the New Yorker where they still hyphenate email in 2022 because reasons. <laughs> and then Cliffgate is just like, fuck it. We're, we're just going to move on. So, yeah. yeah, that makes me a little salty. Like, is it because the gate is part of the cliff? Like, is it functionally different? And hence, does English actually dictate that it's written differently? Well, they just didn't want anyone to think it was Cliff's gate. You know, because then Cliff's going to go around claiming credit for that thing for the rest of his life. If it's Cliffgate, then they're like, there you go. Maybe it's named after a uh, a horrible scandal involving Cliff. Right? Oh, my God. I hate this even more now. <laughs> so, you know. I didn't think that was going to happen, but yeah. it did. You're, you're welcome. So. <laughs> um, so anyway, ladies and gents. If you have uh, thoughts about any of these new mechanics, and don't worry, we will dive into them, especially like backgrounds we'll dive into. Yeah. Um, you know, like in these cycles of things, because there's so many cards. So there are. Like, I, I, yeah, this is probably going to be at least uh, another show or two. Oh, at least, that, man. That we're gonna be, yeah, that we're going to be going over this. So, yeah. There's just a lot. And, like, I don't know. Thanks for the content. Watsy. Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> like you wrote our show notes for us. Thanks a lot. Um, but oh my goodness, man, there's a lot lot to chew. And I don't think it's a bad set. I think it's a good set. It, I think you're right that it's like an average like B B plus set. That's where seen. I'm at. Yeah. Right? I, I wouldn't say I certainly would not say that it's bad, but I'm not super excited about most of it. The highs aren't super high. There are right. a few cards where like, oh that shit's broken. But I think it will probably be very fun. Like I yeah. actually For a draft set, this I, seems well done. You know what? I will look into a pre-release. What? Look at you going out and playing with real humans. If I'm in the country. <laughs> look at you. It's impressive. Then maybe I'll do it in another country. Ooh. Wow. You could use all those uh, Italian cards from Legends. Yeah. yeah. I actually, like... <laughs> There's there's a few things that, like my Italian is not great, but I can kind of get by. Uh, food and magic, I can actually do pretty alright. Like see, I can hey, read, oh. I can read most Italian magic cards. All right, see, all you gotta do is just find that little shop. So you know you'll fit right in. I'm sure. That's exactly I'm sure what your wife wants to do when he's, you're over in Italy. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Making friends, winning, winning the hearts and minds. <sighs> All right, ladies and gents. Well, uh, it, on your European excursions, if you want to tell us about all the weird mechanics that you took a shine to, let us know in the comments. Uh, with that, we're going to mosey on through an outro and get out of here this week. 
because uh, I don't know. We probably got barbecues to go to. Just saying. Yeah. Sir, uh, I realized that we had a dearth of food topics this week, and seeing as how it is Memorial Day weekend that we are recording this on, sir, best barbecue side dishes. I put the que- I put the question to you because I myself not a fan of the traditional potato and or macaroni salad. I know. So, yeah, I'm interestingly, weird. like I am going to a barbecue uh, tomorrow, and uh, I have been asked to bring potato salad. Of, co- of course, and listen, I understand. It's it's the price of entry, right? right? Yes, right. Uh, I agree that I'm not a huge fan of macaroni salad or potato salad, even of variants that that I will make. Like if somebody's like, "Oh, but I made good German potato salad," yeah, it's still kind of potato salad. It's right? still kind of potato salad, right? Yep. That's, that's the problem. Um, so, like side dishes. For me, honestly, the side dishes that I like the most are um, simple ones and vegetable based. Like, I, like you give me a good corn on the cob. Ooh, that's a good one. It's hard right? to beat. I'm a, I'm a fan of that. Uh, sometimes I'll do something like I'll make like a collard greens with like the ham hocks in it, kind of thing. I I can get behind that. Yeah. Yeah. To me, that's um, not that's not necessarily has to be a barbecue thing. Like I can that's, just have that's it on the, the thing. Side. Yeah. I, I, yeah. You're you're definitely right there. Um, Let's see. I'm not a big fan of the like Midwest random casserole thing. Mm. You know, it's just like lots of you know potato chip crumble on top and mayonnaise laden <laughs> Jello or something. Like I, I have to take a firm stand against the if if it's got mayonnaise in it and it's sitting out on the picnic table. I'm like, mm. yeah, yeah. It just you know, it's just not me. <clears throat> like, listen, I've had the food poisoning before. I don't need to do it again. Um. Also, I'm just not a mayonnaise guy. I'm not a big mayonnaise. Not a good mayonnaise guy. So, yeah. like, if you're ladling the mayonnaise in there, you know, hot mayonnaise is a real problem for me. <sighs> like, like I don't even understand toasted subs because like hot mayonnaise will, like, ooh. yeah, yeah. So like, the one thing that I was thinking of doing, which kind of spits in the face of the hot mayonnaise, uh-huh, uh-huh. but, um, was. I, I asked them if they wanted me to bring uh, the Mexican street corn. Ooh, now you're talking, right? Because that yeah. I think is a is a fantastic side dish. Absolutely, like, you you grill the corn so you get that nice grill flavor on it. Corn is delicious on its own, mm-hmm. and then yeah, I use I use mayonnaise and crema because I, I like the texture of the crema more than like the heated up mayonnaise. Okay, allowable. We'll let it slide right. this time. Uh, so I I use mayonnaise crema. Uh, and then I put the, the crumbly cheese, the mm. tahine seasoning and cilantro. Very nice. It's, mm. uh, and then, you know, you can have some lime on the side if people want a little bit more, more, uh, sourness that yeah. doesn't just come from citric acid poured on it. Sure. Sure. You know, I get that. That's a good one, yeah. man. So oh. that's a, that's a good side dish. I think that's a nice wild card side dish to bring to a barbecue because, some people probably haven't tried it before, mm-hmm. uh, but it's rooted in a classic of corn. And how could you go wrong? Right. Right. And also, yeah. you've made it easy on me. Now I don't have to take the corn off the cob. So, right. Yeah. Like, you know. yeah. Um, I would probably go real basic on this one. Just like me some mashed sweet potatoes. Not necessarily casserole. Just oh, give me some mashed sweet potatoes. 
Interesting. Like, I think it just goes well with a barbecue. You know? Okay. If if that's me, let's like, give me a nice little thing. I don't even need the, the like I said the marshmallows on top. I don't need that. I don't like the marshmallows on top, but I will say a little bit of if you bake it with brown sugar and like pecans on top for some Ooh. crunch. I could go that, with that. I like that. That gets tasty. Yeah. That is, that's a neat little way to spice things up. Yeah. Yeah. You add some eggs to it. Mm-hmm. So you whip some eggs in there. You put brown sugar and, and crushed pecans on top, and uh, you bake that bad boy. You that's, got a stew uh, going. Yeah. That's pretty good, that's, man. That's pretty tasty. Yeah. I will also stand up for a good fruit salsa on a warm barbecue day. I am so, not a fruit salsa person. I like a fruit salsa. I hear it. But I, I'm not. Yeah, you know, I get. I, I tried to sell me on a like avocado mango salsa thing. Ooh, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of down with that. So yeah. I, I get it's not everybody's thing, right? I mean, you do an avocado mango, you're one step away from avocado toast. So it's a slippery it's slope. It's true. You know, I get that. I get that. I don't mind careful. avocado toast. I don't mind an avocado toast either. I just feel yeah. bad about myself eating it. So. Oh, you know what's another like classic like barbecue side dish? Mm. A good, good like little bit sweet, lots of smokiness baked beans. Ooh, that is a good one with a yeah. little bit of like burnt end pieces in it or something. Sure, do a little bit of some thick back bacon. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's uh-huh. get there. Yeah. yeah, you know, I don't think I have been to a barbecue with some good old baked beans in a long time. I wonder if they oh, fell out that of is favor. Unfortunate. Or obviously mac and cheese. Like forget that everybody who's about to make pasta salad, just just get your mac and cheese recipe down. The mac and cheese is always going to be better, even though, much like the pasta thing, I'm not a real mac and cheese guy. I'm now not going to turn my nose up at it. I'm not, I'm not that gonna is t- that I'm is just... interesting because mac and cheese, and I and I have some strong stances on mac and cheese too. Like, I don't put crumble topping on my mac and cheese. I don't. Ooh. I don't want. I don't want your crackers on my mac and cheese. Ooh, not even Ritz. Nothing. Oh, I want oh. no. Like the crust on top of my mac and cheese should be formed by baked pasta and cheese. Wow, look at you taking a stand, huh? Okay. Yeah. No, I get. I get a little like, like mm. I will. I will scrape that off and put it on the side of my plate. <laughs> okay, sir. All right. I don't know. See, in my family, because. Uh, my wife and child have, have surpassed the plain mac and cheese long ago. We have to do what flavor of mac and cheese do you want? Do you want oh. buffalo chicken mac, mac and cheese? Do you want the lobster mac and cheese, which is my wife's favorite? Do you want, you know, the um, barbecue chicken mac and cheese? There, right. there, are, there are many different varieties. So we don't do that at all. Cheese. We only do it as a side dish. And the lobster mac and cheese one actually offends me. Oh, the lobster mac You have no idea... If we go to a restaurant and lobster mac and cheese is on the menu, my wife is ordering that. It's just, oh, I think what else a lot of people are like that. The, it, it like it fights against like the most fundamental Italian rule, like you're not allowed to put cheese with fish. <laughs> and so, like anytime I see it, I like immediately scoff at it. Like okay. my family, after being after my wife and I being married for 17 years, my my family will still ask like my wife to like set the table or something like that and if we're having fish they're like you know you don't put the cheese out right that is and she's like yeah i'm I'm aware of the the basic rule that you don't do yeah that's weird okay yeah. all right i mean listen man there's many things i will not put on fish but i mean i don't want cheese on my fish either it's not like a hard and fast rule i don't you know i don't engrave it upon the door so that people don't rem- remember as they walk in but 
Okay. Well, there's a sandwich that I that I I will override it for. Oh, the fillet of fish, naturally. You no. What? I don't like the fillet of fish. I mean, just for other reasons. Not. I mean, listen, the fillet of fish is not a fillet, nor is it a fish, so it's right. Fine. It's not. It's not that good. But um, the no, the uh, tuna melt. Oh, interesting. I, I okay. will eat the tuna melt. Yeah. All right. Well, as long as you know, you know, you can waive it for that one instance. Yeah. So, right. Fair point. Well, ladies and gents, um, please barbecue side dish topics come at me. Let's go. Yeah. This is yeah. you know we haven't done the food thing in a little while, and and tis the season, right? And so, don't come at me with some kind of succotash. You bring ooh. bring me some good stuff. <laughs> yeah. Keep you keep that lima bean. No, sir. Sir. Oh, oh, can I also just say Brussels sprouts? Get the fuck right out of there with that shit. So, no Brussels I mean, sprouts. I like a Brussels sprout. I don't no. think it has a place at a barbecue. No. I Just turn your ass around. Get out of here. You will actively offend me with your Brussels sprouts. Your mini cabbages. Fucking hit the uh, I've also found by living in the South that, and then, and previously living in the North, uh, that I called something a barbecue my entire life that's not a barbecue. Well, I mean, I don't know. Live being stationed in North Carolina, I was definitely schooled on like which version of barbecue you have. Not even I, that. Like, I mean, as a kid, like I, any cookout, like if was something was grilled, like it was a barbecue. If, if you were grilling hot dogs and hamburgers, it was a barbecue. Yep. Not so. Which is not, not so. the truth. Not so. Not. <laughs> Listen, I will give it. The American South has their barbecue game on lock. Oh, I mean, like yeah. from yeah. Texas and, to and the Florida, Florida is handle. not even that great. But like, no, but like they, yeah, they're serious. About it's it. better than it's better than everywhere up north. Yeah. That is that is one hundred percent true, right? Yeah. yeah, that's like saying even the worst Mexican restaurant in Texas is better than anything in New England. Oh yes, absolutely. Yeah. And you have the same thing. Like, it, listen, man, and I don't care whatever the little tiny hole in the wall pizza joint is in in the Northeast. It's going to be better than all of California. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Every Cuban sandwich down here is better than every Cuban sandwich everywhere else. <laughs> yes, exactly. So we get we get the regional things. We got yeah. yeah. All right, folks. So uh, outro. All righty, Adam. Tis the end. Oh, another episode with the spoilers. Yeah, and the Baldur's Gates. And the many gates and the community. You see that? I only had to be I only had to be away for one week and we got an entire set. <laughs> yeah. You took off one week and we have a month's worth of content. So yep. yeah. Uh, Adam, if people want to talk to you about I don't know, how they bend the fish and cheese rule and where, when can they talk to you about it? Oh, uh, it's a, yeah. it's I know it's a touchy subject. Yeah, uh, yeah. You can hit me up on Twitter at Squire nine 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 nine. Trying to think now, outside of the traditional fillet of fish, which is a garbage sandwich that I love, I don't know that I ever put cheese on a fish. I think Either. a lot of people do with the with the mac and cheese thing, and then I think the other place where it comes up a lot is um, with shrimp dishes at like chain restaurants. Oh, like, that's well, like. You know, Parmesan crusted this or something, you know, like. Eh, it's weird. And then people also put it on their seafood pasta a lot. Uh, yeah, see, I don't do seafood pasta, so I'm safe from that. Right. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I, I get you. I get you. Um, folks, if you want to hit us up with, I don't know, food and or film and or video game thing, maybe even a Magic Gathering content, 
um, commandercast.gmail.com on Twitter at commandercast or be sure to check out our commandercast Facebook page a big thanks to everyone here at the commandercast network we'll see you next week with more apparently endless Baldur's Gate coverage in community strategy and technology until then let's get it